So, here we are. We made it through the early 2000s. What were the first and second decade even called? It's me, Cindy, diving headfirst into the 2020s, which has, when you think about it, a pretty cool label. Or can, if whoever first tags the new decade. You know, like when the Weather Channel started naming winter storms. Sheesh. Anyway, if it was me, I'm going to call it the 2020s. Clever, huh? Like I said, it sounds mighty promising, don't you think? Maybe not wildly creative, but why not make a big association between the new year and the coming decade with perfect eyesight? It's just staring me in the face and has got me thinking. What if this is the year or the decade that I, we, the world, come into perfect 2020 vision? Or at least a clear and unfiltered version of who and where and what we are? Doesn't that sound... Well, I can't help but go for a big optimistic adjective here, like stupendous or magical or absolutely magnificent. The thing about it is it's not impossible. Improbable, perhaps. Unlikely, but maybe not impossible. Look at it this way. Geneticists tell us that we, the human race, are 99% identical to each other in our physical makeup. Fingernails, eyelashes, muscles, bones, heartbeat, brainwaves, while our circumstances and personal histories and relationships are widely varied, we are all pretty much beginning in exactly the same way. Wrap your head around that for a minute. I suppose it's the way we're raised, the people who teach us their sometimes spoiled, tainted, soured view of the world, and then send us out into it with that filter. There's this poem, maybe you saw it too, maybe first as a poster or now posted as a meme, and from the first, it struck me as a profound kind of truth. I did a little investigating, or, you know, I googled it, and I learned that it was written in 1954 by a family counselor named Dorothy Nolte. She wrote it for a weekly column. So it started out as a newspaper clipping that was cut out, probably, mailed away, taped on refrigerators all over the place, and then some baby food formula company bought it up and shared it with millions of new parents, and finally, in 1998, it was turned into a book. Anyway, today, you could find it online, on plaques, on Etsy. It's called Children Learn What They Live, and here's the abbreviated version, because who's got all day? But like I said, it's all over the internet if you want to read the whole thing. It says, if children live with criticism, they learn to condemn. If children live with hostility, they learn to fight. If children live with acceptance, they learn to love. If children live with security, they learn to have faith in themselves and others. If children live with friendliness, they learn the world is a nice place in which to live. That kind of nails how we each get to be who we are, right? If you expect people to disappoint you, to cheat you, to hurt you, you'll find at least some of that to reinforce the belief. But if you expect to find a kind, loving, supportive, interesting world... When you venture out into it, well, you'll certainly find at least some of that, hopefully. So there's that. We all start out as innocents, and the world around us shapes our futures, which doesn't always work out in our favor. But we have our brains, and we've got free will, and we can change our perspective. If not entirely, at least in tiny little increments, if we can change our filters, we could change our view of how we see the world around us. I've been spending a lot of time with my, well, let's see, great-grand-goddaughter, I don't know, that's such a thing. My godson's baby girl just turned two and is the best possible example of how good we are at the beginning. Not that she doesn't get crabby or rebellious sometimes, she is human, but most of her waking hours, she lives in a world where she trusts life is good and having not yet learned about the dark underbelly of the world, she is wildly, exuberantly happy and easily finds flat-out total joy in 
just about everything. She has no inner limiter that stops her from fully expressing every emotion, which I understand could get messy if everyone was like that to the fullest extreme. But how many of us work hard to control how much joy and happiness we actually express or let show? Some expression of that is a very good thing for you and for those around you. For her, it's as though every day is like a time-lapse video of a flower blooming as the hours unfold to reveal new adventures and experiences. And because of that, watching her is like watching a time-lapse video of a flower blooming, which is pretty wonderful. As I watch her, sometimes nearly burst with the thrill of seeing a dog or slipping on a sparkly dress or eating a piece of cake or running as fast as she can in her favorite game of chase with her Oma, I think, wouldn't it be just perfect if more people were like that? Maybe the first step to getting closer to that is to take a page from Fiona's book and work at letting yourself get a thrill from even the littlest things. I'm not talking winning the lottery. Plus, we've all heard stories about how it ruins people's lives, although I think that's just out there to help us be less disappointed when we don't win. But think about it. What would give you a burst of happy? You know I have some ideas, right? Well, since we're talking about it, there's watching a happy little child. How about biting into your favorite cake, getting a text or a call or a hug from someone you really love, or meeting someone that you think maybe you could love? How about watching a good movie that makes you laugh or cry in a happy way? Talking to someone you haven't connected with in a long time and finding that it's like no time has gone by? I love when that happens, and it really reinforces the gratitude of having close friends who really get you, or really know you well and like you anyway. <laughs> Hanging with a dog or two, ditto cats, unless you're not an animal lover, in which case, I'm sorry you're missing that, because man, it can be like a free ticket to a comedy show sometimes. Oh, going to a comedy show. Oh, and if you love comedy, don't miss your free front and center seat to the interviews, It's Me with Kristen Becker, or the three-part interview, It's Me with Richie Byrne, because they're both a riot and think of the money you'll save. Oh, you know, I have probably hundreds of more ideas to bring good feelings and a brighter perspective into your life. You want a couple more? Okay, a couple. And then maybe you can come up with a couple of your own. And of course, feel free to share. For some reason, I always get a little boost from talking to a cashier or the person bringing the shopping carts back in at the store. Something about being a cashier or a cart wrangler makes them invisible to some shoppers. So when you take a minute to ask them how their day is or just to acknowledge their presence or crack a joke... You can really see it gives them a little boost. Sometimes not. Sometimes they just want you or me to shut up, pay the bill, and get out. But mostly it's a pretty good thing. If you have a little free time, have you ever gone to the library and just wandered through the stacks to find a book that might be interesting? It's a reasonably safe bet you will eventually find something good or great. The odds are in your favor. I mean, it's a library, and they really, truly have something for everyone. And you never know, you could stumble on a book or a subject that you're suddenly interested in, that maybe you'd never even thought of before. You can invite some people over to play board games, unless you hate board games, then invite some people over to do random art, or just leave them out of it and do it yourself. Doodle, color, draw, or don't, but you know, my theory on art therapy, woo, it's fun. Maybe you would just like to sit and stare. Nothing wrong with that. Done in limited amounts, of course. I have this wild color-changing glass tree I got this year. It's about a foot high. It's filled with glitter and lights inside that make the glitter spin and the colors change. And the other night I spent like 45 minutes just staring at it. I couldn't take my eyes off it. And while I had to fight off the little voice in my head that was telling me, stop it, stop it, get up, do something productive. 
I shut it up by telling it this was productive enough for me, thank you. Pretty cool way to spend 45 minutes, although I don't know how often I could give in to that. I'm sorry, did you just yawn? Am I going on too long? I know, I know, but you get the idea, right? Well, will you try it? Would you consider joining me in upping the ante and bringing more vision to 2020? My theory is that if you and I can get closer to our original selves before the world shaped us into some worried, mistrustful, impatient, distracted, or sometimes angry adults, well, sometimes, if we could be more trusting, more open, optimistic, appreciative, more contented, if we could work at stepping away from seeing others as enemies, if we could recognize and embrace, like geneticists also tell us, that we are all at most 50th cousins from each other, then, hey, cuz, wouldn't that cut down on the hating, spewing, name-calling, road-raging, finger-pointing mindsets that have gotten us where we are right now? You can only hope. That's my hope. It's actually my wish, my resolution, my best intention for the new decade. May 2020 bring us closer to a shared vision, that we're all in this together, that truly, cousin, there is no us and no them, and that every single day is just waiting to unfold like a time-lapse video of something that reveals new wonders as the moments tick by. And if you want, you can subscribe to the It's Me, Cindy podcast, where it's just me sharing life lessons and always a good couple of laughs or two. Meanwhile, Happy New Year, Happy Decade, Happy You and Me and Us, and oh my God, turn off that song, it's giving me the creeps. <laughs>